0: Hey y'all, this is Jake. Before we get started, I wanted to make a quick announcement. The Sanctimonies podcast will be on fall break next week, while Dan has family in town, and I have a couple of midterms to take care of. We thought it would be good to take just a one-week hiatus before returning the following week. While we're gone, I would encourage you to check out some of the amazing other Keyforge content out there. I've been really enjoying the Help from Future Self podcast, the Wild Wormhole podcast, and of course Keyfort. Uh, as well as reading some amazing articles by Sanctimonious Community Team's own Lady Aurora and Alex Slotnick. So I'll link to some of those articles in the show notes and plan to see y'all in two weeks. Without further ado, enjoy this week's episode of Sanctimonious.
1: Greetings, Archons. Welcome to Sanctimonious, a Keyforge podcast where two zealous Keyforge players discuss various topics regarding combat within the Crucible. Stand out at attention and salute your hosts, Sir Jake and Sir Dan.
0: Welcome back to another episode of Sanctimonious. This is Jake and joined as always by my co-host Dan Johnson. Dan, how are you doing?
1: Hey, 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 I'm doing good, Jake. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing pretty well myself. It's been a, a crazy
1: week <laughs> for Keyforge. It was like, yeah, Worlds Collide came out a month early. Nothing could top this. <laughs> Hold my beer. <laughs> I think
0: what Dan is alluding to here is the cheating scandal or the alleged cheating scandal that took place at uh, Vault Tour Vegas, and that is going to be the main topic of this
1: episode. Before we do that, there's actually a third voice in this room right now. So we have uh, Justin Kirkman, AKA Kirkman the Key Man, or as he was shown on stream across from Joe, Kirkman. Yeah, thank you. Um, I guess this is my first podcast, so thanks. Welcome.
0: Hey y'all, this is Jake jumping in one more time. I realized in the edit that we didn't do a really great job of setting up the conversation, so uh, we're about to just jump right in, but I wanted to make sure everyone is looped in before we get started. What we're talking about here is a top eight matchup at the Vault Tour Vegas between Joe Huber, who goes on to win the tournament, and our special guest in this episode, Justin Kirkman. What Dan is about to explain is the moment in that match that created so much controversy and fallout in the KeyForge community. The other thing I wanted to say is in this conversation, there are several allusions to other incidences of alleged cheating by Joe Huber. I want to be really clear that while these quote unquote similar allegations sound bad in the context of what we saw on video, Please understand that none of these are verified, and I certainly have no firsthand knowledge that any of these instances are cheating uh, and cannot be explained as simple mistakes. With that caveat in mind, please enjoy this week's main topic.
1: Okay. So, essentially, if you haven't heard, which, congrats, like that is a level of ignoring social media that I cannot attain to. We can all aspire to. (laughs) We can all aspire to. Yeah. Uh, So at a point in the game, Joe reached the end of his deck. Um, So he needed to reshuffle to redraw five cards, I believe, was the number of cards. Not that that's important. But um, the video shows that he flipped his discard. He was looking through his discard. He was looking through his discard. And then he flipped the discard over without shuffling, without offering a cut or a shuffle to Justin, and then just proceeded to deal out his cards. So whether or not it was accidental, we're not going to pass any judgment on this cast, but it was something that was a bit unusual.
0: More than a bit unusual, it was a a clear violation of the rules um, that led to a significant advantage um, in the game. So, I mean, that's sort of what we have concrete video evidence of. Uh, and then people have sort of run wild with the allegations, accusations, both uh, at this event and previous events as well, uh, perhaps showing some untoward activity by the same uh, person. So it caused a major kerfluffle in the Keyforge social media sphere.
1: So, Kirkman, so tell us about this VT. Have you had much VT experience before?
2: Um, This was actually my first event for um, Vegas uh, or Vault Tour, big event like this. I've done a lot of local stuff, but there hasn't been anything close by that I could drive. Like I have a 18 month old uh, daughter, so it's like kind of hard to get away. And I know you can kind of relate to that. (laughs) So know that dad life. I just was so happy that my wife actually let me go, basically, and that was like the key. And I was just so happy. I, the key, I, I did, yeah, well exactly. Um, <laughs> it's a dad joke, right? Um, Unintentional, you, you, but I it. yeah. Unintentionally, you you you, you just kind of get it in, you know, in your brain after a while, um, but. Yeah, it was it was so great. I, I didn't have much time to prepare as, a, as I'd like because, you know, um, work and daughter. But um, I wasn't expecting to do too good. I thought I'd maybe do 3-3 three, three or something. But then I ended up going to day two, and I was just so happy to be there. I was like the only one from Southern California. Um, so it was like everyone was rallying around me and stuff, and I was just happy to be there. And I didn't expect to actually get in the top eight. So um, it was pretty cool. Um, so that was kind of the thing I was thinking about at that point. As far as like the um, the incident on like game eight, I didn't even realize that anything had happened. I I I did note like I guess I could say I was a little confused at when uh, that his deck was reset, but I didn't really. I, I was so tired. Like there was pounding music in Vegas till about five in the morning right by our window. so everyone was like so tired. Um, And like I couldn't think, so I I was so I was like, okay, maybe maybe it just maybe I forgot or something. Um, So that was kind of my thought on that whole situation. Um, I didn't even know about it until someone told me, like after the tournament, that something had happened there. Yeah,
1: so I mean, we have a lot of people that are new to card games with KeyForge. And one of the accepted norms in pretty much any card game is that any time you shuffle your deck, or you need to refresh a deck, or just any time any shuffling is required, so if you have a card that you have to look through your deck to find something, then you have to reshuffle. Like the social norm, the card game norm is to then present it to your opponent to then either cut or shuffle as they see fit to ensure that it was randomized and that you weren't you know like loading the first three cards of your deck or something like that. So, I mean, that's just kind of an accepted card game norm that's kind of across all card games that I've played. Um, so, yeah, it was just kind of a weird situation that it was kind of missed at that time.
0: Can I ask uh, what what you thought upon, like, reviewing the videos? Like, what was your reaction to that?
2: Um, it's The video's pretty, like... Not, it's kind of it doesn't give you the full context because it's very blunt what he did um you know you see it and you look at it and you're like oh that's blunt you know like and i like to give the people the benefit of the doubt i think since if and then and then after that he'll be looked under the microscope so it's like people are kind of like poking at that right um generally i i at first i kind of give people the benefit of the doubt but then it's like in that instance it's like People have to know that there's multiple mental checks along this process, right? It's like, oh, I look at the back of my cards. I'm looking through them. I'm flipping it over. I'm not announcing any of this. um, And then dealing out. And then I realize somewhere along the lines that, you pick up the hand and it's the first hand you had in the game. I mean, there's lots of checks on there that makes it difficult to kind of understand. Um, So it's very hard to be like, it's a mental mistake for a lot of people. And I understand that. Um, So then you just kind of look at the history of the whole situation. And that's why people, I think, were kind of jumping on the the other context of everything. So it it makes it very, it's very uh, hard to feel a certain way about it, you know, other than what you see. Sure.
1: Yeah, and it was unfortunate. Joe has gone on to apologize. He's apologized, I think, across all the social social media platforms, Reddit, Facebook. Um, He's working on returning the prizes, because he did go on to then win the event. So he took home the top prize, but I think he's working on returning those. Um, And at this time, FFG, at the time of this recording, FFG has not ruled on it yet. But there have been some repercussions for his actions, as he's no longer a a part of Team Sass, since they had to, unfortunately, release him from their team.
0: If this is something that's interesting to you and you want to get make sure you're getting the full, robust picture and everybody's side, uh, Joe also went on to Fifth Planet Keyforge, Forge, uh, our friend Jupiter's podcast, and uh, kind of sat down with him and talked through his thought process and how it was possible that he did make an error, uh, which is his claim. So I, I would recommend taking a listen to that and then in full... Disclosure: A grant from Team SAS reached out to me to ask that I provide some questions um, for that interview, so it would would come across as unbiased and not, you know, uh, biased in favor of Team SAS. I guess, um, and I and I so so I think they were tough questions, and I think you know Joe seems to be grappling with them. And uh, yeah, I'd recommend listening to that as yep. well.
1: So, I mean, the, the really unfortunate thing here is, I mean, it was caught by some people that were watching the stream, but unfortunately, like, there's no real good process for people watching a stream to notify a judge. And I think there were some attempts, but it just, it didn't work out. So I know that Yeti Gaming, I think they've st- stated that they are going to try to work on a process to handle these things better in the future, because I mean, the best possible outcome Would have been to been able to like catch it right there, shuffle the deck up. I mean, at the very, at the very, I mean, maybe assign a game loss for something like that. But then that way you can just move forward, and you know you don't have that kind of. I don't know. It just kind of clouds the end of that tournament since that kind of happened earlier on. Well. Well, one of, one of the things, I don't know if people mention as much, but um,
2: he was deck checked during our second game. I think that was another thing is um, because he's had a history of these things before, some people are kind of been watching him more and really particular in what he does. Um, so I think someone thought he might have had marked cards or something too. So I feel like they might have just took that as, a, um, as like, oh, he didn't mark his cards, so then maybe this other thing is not applicable i mean i don't know what they were thinking at the time but i mean that could be a possibility as well um but it is kind of weird that no one confronted me or anything at the tournament saying that he did that as well so.
0: yeah and i mean no matter where you come down on it like the fact of the matter is that the action took away your ability to have a fair game and it took you know and then that potentially had a ripple effect uh, throughout the whole tournament so You know, that just sucks for everybody involved, for you, of course, most directly, but I mean, the other players there, the organizers who are doing their best to put on uh, what otherwise seems to be a really fantastic, well-run event from all accounts, and then that sort of just puts cold water on everything.
2: Yeah, Yeti's, Yeti Gaming was awesome. They gave us a lunch, which was like perfect. Um, they knew that it was going to be tired. I like enjoyed like everything. They're very. It was it was very well uh, run event. Um, also, something that we um, I guess to prevent cheating and stuff in the future is uh, people are always talk about say what you you know when you're drawing say what you're doing and some things like that. Um, you can't really see that in the video, but most of the game we were doing that. Um, so it's like sometimes you just slip up i guess and don't do certain things and i think uh the pacing was also getting kind of more intense at that moment as well because uh i know my deck is very slow and i was wanting to if 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 i lost this game or the first game in my mind i was thinking oh um we might go to time on the second one depending you know and i didn't want that case. So I was like, I have to win this one, or else I'm pretty much in trouble. So I I was also kind of thinking about timing and some other things in the background, probably when that is happening. So um, yeah, and and no one saw it, I guess, at the event. So, Or that was on the table, because the judge was sitting there, too. So it's like, if a judge's there, he might not see it as well. So it's just some of the things rehashed, I guess.
1: Yep. no, it was super unfortunate. And we're going to cover some of that stuff here later on. But I mean, just. Kind of going back, the community fallout from this was pretty large. Like, the ripples were wide. They were deep. There was a lot of discussion. I know our uh, our Discord had a very... I, again, I man, I love our Discord. Our Discord's so good. Thank you, guys. Like, the conversation that was happening stayed above a witch hunt. Like, you know, nobody was like... We weren't pitchforking in there, but just kind of discussing how it happened. Um, I mean, not so much why it happened, but just how we can be more vigilant, just kind of just the different things. Like, unfortunately, this is something people were afraid of happening, like seeing some of these kind of cheats come into the game with the announcement of the Vault Warriors, with there being like a cash prize. Like we were kind of hoping that the Vault Tours would be insulated from that a little bit since they're not, I mean, they've they've been described as casual competitive. Like it's okay for a new person to come play a Vault Tour. Like there's not really, there's nothing super Super heavy on the line, some amber shards and, you know, maybe a travel voucher to a future vault tour, but nothing like huge, insane pricing. So, I mean, that's just kind of some of the fallout that we're going to have to deal with now that that this has occurred.
0: I've got a a discussion question for y'all, which is, I think, one of the things that really the conversation our Discord wrapped around, which is this idea of intent like where intent comes into this in terms of like how you are able to punish uh somebody for you know what is clearly like a cheat by definition for breaking the rules
2: my thought on like intent is like some intent you can never really prove it's you can kind of guess but the only person that ever going to know intent is the person doing it so it's not something you can really comment on so you can't really you know use that as an argument. But also the same thing is sometimes people do things without intent that causes stuff. It could be habitual, It could be like, um, you know, it could just be on accident. But but I think the one is if you start looking at patterns and people doing the same thing over and over and over, that's more of an issue. And it might not be that they're intending to do it, but it might be their normal behavior, and it just comes out at certain times. Because, or if you just have an impulse to win, you're not trying to intent to hurt the other person, but that might be your, you know, your goal is to win. So,
1: I'm so conflicted here. Um, Not, I don't know, not conflicted. I just don't want to be. I don't know. Lots of words, nothing actually meaning anything. (laughs) Pretty much, you you have to punish the act of disobeying the rules, whether it was intentional or not. There needs to be some kind of punishment that whether it was intentional or not will fit, you know, kind of the error and, you know, breaking of the rules. Because, like, in the rules, it states that you have to present your deck, I mean, you have to shuffle your deck, and then you have to present it to be cut or shuffled by your opponent. And both those steps were missed in this situation. So, I mean, that's two rules that are kind of card game norm rules that were broken. And there needs to probably be punishment to, you know, warn others about intentional or unintentionally you know follow unfollowing rules not following rules yeah I
0: think you I think you guys said it I mean if I'm being totally honest after listening to Joe on Jupiter's podcast I really kind of came away from it you know wanting to believe him I think he is compelling I can like put myself into his shoes and be like you know and think like oh man if this was like all a mistake like you know how how terrible but at the same time like the problem he has is the fact that this video is just absolutely concrete evidence and it just looks so bad that's just if you can't punish this then i don't think you could really ever punish cheating in any way because like you're you're just like you guys have said you'll never know if the intent was there or not uh, but what we do know is that this rule was violated and it's really tough. Uh, but yeah, so I think maybe that's where we should probably leave that and jump to where we want to spend the rest of this time.
1: Oh, yeah. Sorry. And just one, one final thing. I mean, the punishment needs, there just needs to be a punishment. The community needs to be reassured. This is kind of like another big moment for KeyForge as an organized play game that they can really put a stamp on how serious they are about organized play. Like they're like, if they come off and there's no punishment for this, there might be some really bad fallout based on kind of the community reaction just to the cheat itself. Um, So, I mean, it's just, it's kind of a big moment for KeyForge. They have to really like, they stepped up and they put prize money out there for the vault warrior tournaments coming up. You know, they're kind of putting some meat behind that. So now they just need to show that they're going to be proactive and protecting the integrity of the game
0: yeah and and if, if it is a ban of you know six months or a year or whatever it might be i hope that the community uh i guess no matter what is handed down i hope the community accepts it and i hope once that punishment is served if joe wants to come back to the game you know we accept him back because You know well, the rule is violated we can't know about intent for sure and i think like a second chance is always is always warranted
2: and and one other thing to say or just been on my mind um like i've already forgiven him for the event on me the only thing is this like you were talking about it's a ripple effect on the community and then it kind of adds more confliction to it because it's like now it's beyond me right um and how many people did, did it affect so um, if he's, if Joe, if you're listening, I just want you to know, I forgive you for the thing. I don't like have any harsh feelings towards you. So, um, just, I'm just letting you, you know, that so. Anyway, and my dad on.
1: heart just melted a little bit. Fellow dads. <laughs> 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 I think that
0: was a good discussion on a topic that at this point has, has really been talked about quite a lot. Uh, But I think what's really important here and what I want to spend the rest of the episode on is sort of discussing what this means for the game, uh, how we move forward as a community, what we can take as lessons learned to, you know, make this game a better, more welcoming and friendlier place.
1: So our takeaway number one is being aware of things that can be construed as cheating, a.k.a. ways people can attempt to gain unfair advantages. So the first one on the docket is... Very concise way of saying that. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Stacked shuffling. So a player can stack their deck by houses so that the houses are clumped together or trying to put, you know, very impactful early game cards on top um people can do this by pile shuffling their cards into individual houses before the game to count them to ensure their deck is complete but then when they shuffle them together it just you know when they've already got 12 12 12 they're just going to stay nice and clumped um if you're ever in doubt about the randomization of your opponent's deck you are very well within your rights they have to offer it to you for a cut or a shuffle so never feel bad about shuffling somebody's deck if you're just kind of concerned like there's Nothing against the rules that says you can't actually pick it up and shuffle it. I mean, don't look at the cards while you're shuffling. You know, the, I think Jupiter covered that actually pretty well in his podcast about having it at the 45 down angle away from yourself and kind of looking away as you shuffle. So there's no like ill intent or you trying to peek at any cards or where they might be in the deck.
0: Yep, I think you nailed it.
1: Did you want to cover the last part or do you want to make, make me do the entire part? I'll do the entire thing, whatever. <laughs> So when it comes to other people, so this actually came up in the Discord and kind of caused a round and round a little bit. But when it comes to shuffling other people's decks, uh, the smash shuffle, so the part where you take half the deck, take half the deck, and then just kind of smash them together, that is like the preferred way for probably 98% of people to have you shuffle their decks. Um, There were some people um, making statements about riffle shuffling other people's decks. And um, yeah, it's just not cool. Like Riffle Shuffling decks, like your bending cards. Um, some of the Keyforge cards that come out of maybe a factory out of China aren't the best card stock. And so if you start Riffle Shuffling, even with them in sleeves, they could get a bend. Um, if you ever feel the need to Riffle Shuffle, please just please just clear it with your opponent ahead of time. Like That's just one of those things that seem to be a real sticking point in our Discord. Yeah, just always be thoughtful to how you're handling somebody else's deck like that's their deck and you know this game's a unique card game so if a card does get bent or just something like that it's it's kind of rough that deck is harder to use in the future i know on uh,
2: the discord people are talking about making a habit to kind of shuffle people's deck is a good way of doing it so it's not like you're targeting specific people or whatever. Um, also, I've noticed some people talk about when other people are cheating, um, they'll like tap their own deck. So it'll make you feel like you're not doing it. You're, sh- you're not going to shuffle their deck too. But in those instances, just keep doing your same pattern. So,
0: Oh, yeah. You mean like they'll tap your deck like, oh, I don't need to cut because I trust you.
2: Yeah. And then you feel like, oh, I have to do the same thing. Or they just cut it normally, but you still just shuffle it. I mean, especially in like the, the vault tour uh, on day two. Um, just, and those cards are clumped more than likely if, if it's one of their first games. So just shuffle them up.
0: Yeah, you nailed it. I don't have anything else to add. Let's go into the next one, which is, uh, Amber being stolen and not being removed. So I think what we're trying to get at here is there can be a little bit of a a place where errors could happen or potentially cheats. Although, of course, in, in none of these cases, we're saying it's always the case that your opponent is trying to cheat you. In probably the vast majority of cases, this would be a legitimate error. But when we have our own, everybody has their own unique amber pool at this point, like different tokens or whatever. It's rare that you'd be sharing amber with your opponent, except for maybe in the Vault Tour final situation. Uh, when you go to steal, instead of taking one from theirs to yours, they're supposed to remove one and you're supposed to add one to yours. Uh, to your Archon card so I think what to watch out for is that your opponent might say something like okay I lose one you gain one but not actually remove an Amber from their card
1: yeah so I mean ways to kind of get around this I mean if you're on your turn you're about to start your turn and you know you're going to play a few steel cards like if you just ask your opponent hey what's your Amber count right now then you play your turn and just ensure at the end of the turn that the amber count that they have at the end of the turn after your steel cards makes sense. I mean, that's the easiest way. I mean, there's not really most of the time too, the amber that people use are pretty easy to tell. I know I don't I don't particularly like the crystal chunk ones because they're really hard to tell from across the table how many they have. And so like when people use those, I'm usually very adamant about asking that'd be like the chunky crystal ones, because they kind of they're all odd shaped and can all kind of get smashed together and it's hard to tell.
0: Yeah, but it kind of doesn't matter. I mean, if you watch like the uh, Vault Tour finals, (laughs) there are like times when there's just like a a literal pile of amber on somebody's card, you know? And it's like, it doesn't matter what you've got. Like that's going to be a point where errors could most definitely happen when you're talking about like 13, 14 amber piled on your card. So I think just be careful, especially when numbers get bigger. You know, it's, it's pretty easy to remember if somebody has one amber and you steal it and it's still sitting there. But if they have 13 and they're supposed to end the turn with, you know, 12, like, you know, maybe just do an extra little count to make sure everything's
1: squared away. Yeah. No, I mean, ultimately it's open communication. Like the open communication is going to be the biggest part to preventing that just to make sure everybody's on the same page. And, mean, I kind of, I mean, I kind of hope in the future, I mean, I love everybody's unique tokens, but man, we might need to come up with something in the future, rules of tournament play that requires people to, you know, use a shared pool, because I think that would probably actually help quite a bit. in a lot of these situations, whoever goes first provides the tokens for the game or something just that I mean, I don't know, I don't know if it's necessary, but it's almost feeling more
2: and more necessary. They, they did mention that, actually, at the Vault Tour, um, that they're going to start doing that on Day 2s. Um, and then on also on live stream you have to use their tokens. So it's kind of interesting.
1: Well, there you go. So yeah, <laughs> start doing it at your local game stores and just getting used to it. And that way, you're ready for those Day 2 you know Vault Tour sessions when you get there. All right. Uh, and the third one that we've kind of got highlighted um, to talk about today is cards not being played properly. This one's a little bit harder to pinpoint. It requires a pretty good card knowledge base on your part. And this is another one that can, you know, it can be unintentional. Um, Me and Jake both have shared recent experiences. I guess I didn't share mine. But in my recent LGS, my opponent played a help from future self when he was about halfway through his deck. And as he started to shuffle up his cards, I noticed help from future self wasn't in his discard. And so I just pointed out, like, hey, help for Future Self is stay in your discard. And he's like, oh, yeah, right. And he found it and pulled it out. I'm like, I don't don't think he was trying to cheat. I think it's just like one of those things. you You played the card, he scooped up all of his discard after he found the time traveler that was in the discard and then started shuffling. So it's just like one of those things where again you can't really prove intent but it's just something to be aware of like cards like that jake you kind of talked about your subtle mall if you want to tell that story quickly
0: yeah um so i've mentioned this on another podcast but i active at the vault tour i participated in i activated subtle mall and my opponent resolved it on his own by shuffling up his hand and discarding a card without allowing you know me to either pick one at random or using a dice or something which at the time I thought was weird, and a lot of people have reached out to me since sharing that story and expressed that they definitely think that something str- that was something very strange, and I probably should have called the judge. Justin, has anything anything weird rules violation happened to you recently? <laughs>
2: oh um well I, I think I think that's the most common one I don't really feel like those are like cheating uh, especially a lot of times when people like forget effects that aren't like on the board um, like for instance like miasma or fogify or something like that those seems like very common i I was actually thinking to myself in instances with that because i i worked for a 3d printing company so I like Print stuff, but I was thinking about like in the instances of, like if I played fog, I would get this big like fog like statue and put it in front of them so it could remind <laughs> them or something. You know, like you know, just kind of cool stuff because I think that stuff's not intentional. And I think um, there's a lot of moving parts in this, and I I think that's probably one of the most common like mess ups is playing the card at the wrong time or 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 location. Or, and I think a lot of that is nerves because there's so much going on and it's hard to focus on other things that you're not doing at that moment. Yeah.
0: I think, I think attacking or like, you know, forgetting about taunt or elusive are like one of the most common things people do. And then you kind of realize two turns later, like, Oh wait, this guy was supposed to be protected by taunt. Like, what do I do? Um, So yeah, it's tough. And I I do agree. I think the vast majority of these aren't intentional, but I did want to bring up. um, So we were talking about, you know, what happened in Vegas in our, voltor and I was you know saying sharing my opinions and one of our uh, friends in the discord comment like well Jake you better be careful you say because like I have evidence of you cheating at VT Collinsville <laughs> I was like uh what <laughs> like nervous laughter uh and sure enough she uh, had a, a photo of me it was. I was playing in the top four against George, and what had happened was I had five cards in my hand that were all Logos, and I was locked down by restringentus and I had my one mimicry, which I used to copy his wild wormhole in order to try and get an answer, flipped over Library of Access, which resolved but I didn't, you know, get any value out of it. And I put it in my discard without purging it. I was surprised to see that card. Normally I'm used to just playing it right out of my hand, put it straight underneath my Archon card, but because of sort of the different, like being surprised by that interaction, like it just didn't trigger that I need to purge it at that moment. So I felt like, you know, and for fair play, you know, yeah, this has happened to me too in, in a way that, you know, looking back on clearly that's a benefit, right? That if, if, the game had proceeded to a reshuffle. Maybe I don't catch that and I get a library access activation that I shouldn't have had.
1: Yep. All right. And I thought of one more that I forgot to include that I meant to include that I forgot on the notes. So the other one is drawing to the right hand size at the end of your turn. Um, So this became, this one, this one got trickier with AOA, I think, well, I guess Coda had succubus, but AOA has streak and binding irons. And so that one, those cards just seem to play a little differently um so i know at the vault tour they recommend you put your hand down you draw out the number of cards announce how many cards that you have before you pick your hand up but i know that uh, blake from help from future self we talked to i talked on his podcast here recently about his experience and he had an opponent that two turns in a row um drew too many cards with a streak in play and so blake pretty much got a game win because he got to see the guy's hand two turns in a row and pick the most impactful card out of his hand and shuffle it back into his deck so that's one to also be on the lookout for is when your opponent redraws their hand if you have anything on the board that states that they should be drawing up less or you know they have irons from or not irons (laughs) chains from maybe playing like a gateway or a coward's end or something like that just be aware that they should be drawing less cards and you know feel free to ask them like hey how many cards did you draw up to
2: the good thing about that is there's rules on what happens when they do that now. And um, it, it seems very punishing, so you do it once. Hopefully, you remember right. to not do it
1: yeah. again. <laughs> Blake was like, I, he, he, he was just like, I couldn't believe it. He did it again the next turn. He's like, I got to the guy was playing a quad routine job deck, and Blake was able to throw yeah. a routine job back into his deck twice.
0: <laughs> so we should probably say exactly how that rule works in case sure. you are not so familiar. If, if
1: you're caught in a Vault Tour um, drawing too many cards, a judge is called. The judge will have the person that drew too many cards reveal their hand to your opponent. Your opponent gets to look through your hand and then pick a card, or if you should be at four cards and you have six cards, they'll get to pick two cards and have them both shuffled back into your decks so here, back down to four cards. So I mean, now your opponent has gotten to <laughs> pick two cards out of your hand, know exactly the four cards that you have in hand, and has a super big advantage. So Yeah, be aware when you're drawing cards. Draw to the correct number. Or draw them face down and don't look at them. That way, if it is in question, you can just put the last two cards drawn back on top of the deck in the right order. I think that is what they're trying to eliminate with that draw technique. Blake told me about that, too. And um, I played
2: the same guy, and he was doing it against me, too. But I I, I was actually nice, because he'd only been playing for a month. So he he had, like, this awesome, awesome decks. but. it was kind of new to it, so um, but if he kept doing it, I probably would have, done a little bit more strict <laughs> on it because it's like this is a vault tour, right. so sorry yeah. especially when you have a quad uh, routine job deck but he, he actually had two of them by the way and like That's even crazy. a better deck. he had two of those and they had an even better deck as a third so
1: i banned both <laughs> i banned the other deck so i had to play against two re- four routine job decks <laughs> it's kind of insane yeah and i think Blake faced him at like i think it was like three and one or something so it wasn't like early tables was kind of up in the yeah. higher ranks and when you start to get up to those higher ranks yeah you're both scrapping for that day 2. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's probably enough about ways that, you know.
0: Yeah, let's move on. So that I think that's where a lot of this conversation's gone. Like okay, so cheating is going to happen. How do we You know, protect ourselves. Like, we need to watch all our opponents, like Hawks, and be extra vigilant now because we know this is happening with the Vault Warriors stuff happening. It's bringing out all the cheaters, blah, blah, blah. And I really personally think, you know, of course it makes sense to, you know, watch your opponent. um, You know, but at the same time, I think that's a very unhealthy mentality if that's where we stop. So, in this next thing, I think. It's important to talk about ways that we as a community uh, can be proactive to prevent our uh, hobby from becoming like other competitive card games in the sense that you know p- there's just an expectation that you know people are going to cheat and uh, we have to you know just prepare for that reality because I think that's not
1: necessarily the case. Yep, so we want to foster community. That negates cheating. So how do we do that? So like right now, for me, um, the Keyforge community has probably like been one of the biggest draws of the game too. Um, the game itself is amazing, but just like the people you get to play against, the interactions you have with said people are so amazing. Like I played at Vault Tour Seattle, which was one of the first Vault tour well, it was the first US Vault Tour. And you know, I've played some like Magic Grand Prix and everything back in the day. And, like, I won't say like the Magic Grand Prix are like super super cutthroat, but like there's tension in the air. like there's you know you're not like you're super chummy with the person you're playing with, but like the Vault tour Seattle was like just a big group of 200 people that all love the same thing that you do and just so happy to be playing the game. Um, I had a great time. like all my opponents were great. It was just super interactions all day. Um, yeah, so I think just that from the outset, the community right now, such a great community that i mean i hope we can keep that trend up because i mean it was it was a great experience i don't know justin how was Tour vegas that's the most recent one has it changed since voltour seattle like everything
2: was so good um the people i played against were all courteous it was very nice um I, I didn't have any complaints while playing the game. Everyone was so nice. Um also I I keep giving a shout out to Yeti cuz they did such a good job. Like the the event from what I've heard in the past, it, like there's been some events that are just not done good, starting on time or, or any of that stuff. Giving us a lunch was like so good. I it, it was just such a good event. I I was so happy to be there. Um, we had a good North, North uh, South California event on the side on Sunday, which was pretty cool as well. Um, I wish I could have been in it, but I guess I, I guess being top eight was pretty good too. So, um, <laughs> but that's what they that's what they were saying to me. They're like, "But you're in top eight. And I was like, "Yeah, I know," but I kind of want to play. But um, yeah, it's the community. It's great. Yeah, all the people I hang out with are uh, from in the stores are great. Um, I feel like there's a lot of dad community too, which is great. Because it's a game you can actually play where you have, you know, time where you can pause and then go take care of the kid or whatever. So, I, yeah, it's really, I really enjoy it. It's
0: such a strength of the game. So, yeah, we have to preserve it at all costs. And I think um, we've, the first step to that, and it's something we've alluded to throughout this episode, is to really amplify the way we all play um in, in regards to communicating with our opponents. Yes. Because I think that in and of itself, just talking to your opponent, like Justin was saying at the very beginning, is, you know, it just eliminates the potential for so many things to go wrong.
2: Yeah, I think one of the keys of that is it, help, it protects yourself too, because it, it's easy to accidentally slip up and do the wrong thing, right? At certain times. So like if you're saying what you're doing at that moment, and slowing down then you might catch yourself before you actually do it um, a good example is drawing cards and stuff they always make you draw them like flat um, in front of you and say i dropped a 6 or i dropped a 7 and then um, it helps your also your uh, opponent say oh no i actually have this in play and gives them a chance to do that before it you get in trouble so um, it's really good i i think at the high level especially Every time you do something, say it
1: sure. So, I was watching the Vegas stream and it was actually kind of cool. So, one star peeps, uh, five star people is that it? One star peeps, one star games, five star Andrew. <laughs>
0: Dude, we mess that up every time we
1: talk <laughs> from our Discord, aka Andrew, who ran the stream for the weekend, was also playing in the vent. So, there wasn't always a caster discussing the game, and it was actually kind of cool. Um, because they just had an open mic at the table so you could hear the players interacting. And I want to call out a game that I watched with Dave Cordero and Luke, AKA Logotarian Luke as being like one of the most like clean, efficient, well-communicated games I think I've ever witnessed. Um, on the, I've got the link. So, uh, yeah, um, that'll show up in the show notes for the link to that Twitch video. And it's at the two hour and 25 minute mark is when their game begins and I mean, we just need to write a like manual based on this game on how to communicate with your opponent because both players did like an amazing job. Everything was super clear. Like even as a spectator, like you know, when you're watching some of these streams, it's kind of hard to tell what's going on sometimes because there's glare off cards or just different things going on, but the way they communicated, like you were right there, like you knew exactly what was going on throughout that entire game. So kudos to you guys. That was a fantastic game of Keyforge. A fantastic match of Keyforge.
0: So we'll definitely include that in the show notes. And I I think, um, yeah, you really nailed it Um, when Justin, when you talk about the way it helps you as well as your opponent, like thinking about the, you know, event that happened in your game that sort of prompted this whole episode and this current debate about cheating. It's just hard for me to imagine that if Joe had stated you know, okay, I need to draw this many cards. Oh, I have to reshuffle my discard pile. Before I do that, I'm going to look through my discard pile. Now I need to, you know, draw up. It's, it's just hard for me to imagine that, like, if that had happened, that neither, that he and you would have both missed the fact that he didn't shuffle and didn't offer you the cut. So I think, you know, if, if it is the case that this is, you know, that was really just this horrible accident that would have presented it, uh, it certainly, I think would have prevented my very small case of putting the library access in my discard pile. If I said, okay, wild worm roll, I play library access. I put it in my discard pile. I think it would have triggered to me like, wait, that's not where that card goes. But because, you know, I did it non-verbally then nobody said anything. It just seemed very normal. Um, yeah. And so I think not only does it help you, but also like the final piece of that is if, if we have this culture where everybody's doing that, if somebody does go in the game and is actually trying to cheat, uh, which I, I would, you know, contend is, is very rare. I don't think many people are doing that and I don't think many people will be doing that in the future. Uh, but if they were, it'd be a lot harder to get away with it if the expectation is that you're talking through
1: everything that you're doing. All right, last point, Jake. I think you put this one up there. Go for it.
0: The last thing here, as, as this game continues to grow, it's getting bigger and bigger uh, with World's Collide coming with out. Being out. I mean, all <laughs> kinds of new people <laughs> coming out with a big asterisk by it. You know, the Vault Warrior thing, I think, is bringing new attention to the game as well. I mean, we've had a big influx of people in our Discord, tons of new people joining every day, which is awesome. And I think... While that's happening, the people who have a platform, uh, whether it's somebody because they're a content creator, or if it's because they have a competitive keyforge team, um, or they're you know a big power buyer, seller, trader, whatever. Like if you if you're somebody who's a you know high profile community member, I think the onus really falls on us to espouse the values that we want to have in this game in a very intentional way. Um, and I think some of that is already happening, but I think it could be happening more. So for instance, uh, you know Team SAS, I think, set a good example for how to handle the fallout um, of one of their team members getting tied up in an allegation like this. Uh, you know, they took it very seriously. They got an interview out. They reached out to other people for, you know, support and questions. Um, They ultimately made a quick decision in, you know, removing them, removing the player in question from the team and put out a strong statement against cheating. Uh, But, you know, unfortunately, it was reactionary rather than.
1: Well, I, I I wouldn't call it reactionary. They were they did their due diligence to ensure that they had the full picture of the situation. I commend them for the way they did it. I wouldn't call it reactionary. They just took their time. Like that's something that's somebody they've hung out with now for almost a year and traveled to events with. So I can understand the time they took to reach that decision.
2: No, i was going to say i i think they actually did it really quick i mean considering like final F- uh, F- uh you know fancy flight games hasn't even responded yet yet he hasn't really responded from what i saw either and they already responded so i mean in my mind they they gave they 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 took uh, they did it really quick in my mind so I I didn't have much uh, interaction with them but they all seemed really cool everyone I've interacted with in KeyForge is cool so no I totally I totally agree with everything you said and
0: I wasn't trying to criticize SAS at all I think they did a fantastic job I was really kind of commending them as setting the example of how to deal with this when I say reactionary I don't mean reacting to the public I mean like reacting to the event that happened I just want to
1: make sure that you weren't. To-
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Good point of clarification. So I think where we can do better and learn from it is to sort of, and I think also this comes from people just being generally dubious of teams, like which ha- was was the case before as well. You know, people being like, okay, so all these teams are going to be, you know, they're exclusive, exclusive uh, they're buying up all these decks. Like, you know, people already had, I guess, suspicions in some cases about them. So I think that we can do a better job, you know, and we have our own sort of version of that with the sanctimonious community team of like putting out stated values of like what we're about, you know, what we stand for, you know, why we're doing this, you know, what we want for the community um, and, and really trying to, you know, be leaders in making what we're talking about here. Uh, you know, a, a place that we are all, you know, communicating with our opponents, being friendly, being engaged, welcoming new players, uh, reality.
1: Yep. And then I believe Team Reapout is actually putting together a best practice document for just kind of things that people may not realize that they need to do. Like during a game of KeyForge, just the different things you need to announce, just the different ways to play the game in the cleanest, most efficient manner so that everybody's clear on what's going on. So I'm super excited to see what they put together, because those guys have also traveled to a lot of events and played in a lot of card games over the years. Last
0: thing uh, for our own community team.
1: Community
2: There you go.
0: Lady Aurora taken the lead of putting together, uh, or we're in the process of putting together a code of conduct for the values that are sort of implicit among the people that are choosing to associate with us and our discord community and, and really put that out there to say like, this is what we stand for, because it's something that I do worry about. We're really proud of the fact that anyone can be a part of our community. Anyone can, you know, go out and get a sanctimonious play mat and represent this community at their events locally and vault tours and stuff. But at the same time, you know, how, how can we make sure that those people at the same time are, being the friendly, courteous, welcoming, inclusive uh, people. Positive that Positive
1: influencers of the game. Which, to this point, you've all smashed it, so thank you. Oh, yeah, you. absolutely. Like, like I said, I usually get DMs from different people after a, pretty much every vault tour that pretty much say, hey, I played this person from your Discord with your mat and your shirt, and it was like my favorite game of the weekend. It was just so much fun. I've gotten multiple messages like that, so thank you, all of you that continue to represent us so well
0: all right so i think that brings us to the end of our outline here uh let's let's open the floor to any sort of final thoughts about all of this uh before we sign off
2: i was just hoping to hear some more voices from dan archon. <laughs> <The> special effects <laughs> um, no i i've been listening to you guys for a while I, I, it's always so casual and it's so much fun to listen to you
1: guys so thank you archon
0: yeah. Thanks so much for joining us.
1: All right. Yeah. So in conclusion, like like we pretty much, we nailed it. We tried to beat you over the head with it. This episode, open communication is the key to a good, clean game of KeyForge. Forge. Um, not only does it allow your opponent to kind of understand what you're doing on your turn, if they reciprocate, like the more, more communication you put out towards your opponent, the more they're going to feel the need to reciprocate that level of communication most of the time. And that's just going to make life way easier because this game is super complex. Um, It's getting even more complex as Worlds Collide comes in and introduces some more mechanics and new ways to interact and just make the board a muddled mess of brain-melting complexity um, that I can't wait to dive into. So, yeah, open communication. Just open, communicate, openly, talking.
0: And I I think for me, my final thought is I think it's worrisome that so many people have sort of taken this away as like, yes, this is like, uh, it just shows that cheating is systemic and it's a huge problem in KeyForge. I think that's absolutely not the case. I think if we choose to have this mentality that everyone's cheating and we need to go into events watching our opponents like Hawks and, you know, making sure they're not trying to pull one over on us, uh, that actually creates the type of environment where cheating is more pervasive because I think people might say to themselves, well, everyone's cheating, so maybe I should go ahead and sneak sneakily you know, draw one card or not tell my opponent I accidentally drew, drew one card because maybe they cheated anyway. Where if instead we take the approach of going into games thinking that our opponents are just there to have fun like we are, which is almost definitely the case, and just communicating with them having a good time well being welcoming making sure that everybody's looped in on what's happening and nobody's confused i think we all just have a better time and we get the benefit effect of it creates an environment where you're less incentivized to cheat and it's harder to do it because you know there's that expectation that communication is going to be you know throughout
1: the game paramount all right, Justin. Where can people find you in the social media worlds, or anything you want to shout out at this time? Oh, um, just shout out to all the people in Southern
2: California. I think we might be starting a team soon. I'll, I'll let you guys know. But Ooh, um, exclusive,
0: yeah, <laughs> exclusive scoop.
2: <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but anyway. Uh, yeah, I, I only thing, I, only place I basically right now is like on your Discord channel. It's basically where I've been. Sanctimonious um, exclusives. Other than that, <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, I and then our local the key players, I'm on their 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 thing as well. But so yeah, that's where you can find me. Sorry, I took a long <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> time.
1: Uh, you can find me. I'm Dan. someone on Twitter and Twitch? Like I said, my Twitch channel has been forlorn with the arrival of the new Prince, but maybe someday we'll get back to it again. Um, Other quick announcements Uh, The t-shirt design contest is ongoing Um, We've had some people reach out I've sent out some logos So if you want to be a part of that Please hit me up for the logos We've had one submission so far Please don't let it be the only submission We love you Alex, but you're not a designer Uh (laughs) Um, So that's going on The Sanctimonious League is 11 days from wrapping up So if you're in the league, get your games in You've got 11 days from the time of this recording and you'll probably have less than that at the uh, release of this episode. Jake, where can I find you?
0: You can find me on Twitter at Jake Fried. That's J-A-K-E-F-R-Y-D. And that's it for me. So, Justin, thanks again for joining us. And this has been another episode of Sanctimonious, a Keyforge podcast.
1: Archons of the Crucible. As you make your way through your epic quests within the Crucible, battle in such a way as to be above redress. May all your claims be honorable, and may you charge into battle with a clear mind, your actions and integrity, and inspiration to all as you forge those keys. Wow, that was a next level
0: one. (laughs)
1: literally had the sanctum page open with sanctum cards and i was like how many sanctum cards can i throw into one paragraph